back to basics. Basics begin with less government, less taxes, more individual responsibility. Those are the qualities that made America great. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. Okay, Herman's not here today. Neil Bortz, I'm filling in. Belinda Skelton is with us. And uh, now this is something I've been looking forward to for a while. It's talking to the smartest man in Washington, D.C. This guy, much smarter, much than either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, and knows more about the operation of government than they do as well. His name is... Jamie Dupree. Hey, Neil. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, and I know... And how is your wife, first off? She, uh, uh, Laura, our daughter, is with her right now. Oh, good. And she says she is she is doing well. Uh, good. She Glad kept me that. up last night watching some movie called We're the Millers, or something like that. Yeah. Had Jennifer Aniston in it. And? and uh, yeah, and, and she played a stripper in this movie. And I kept sitting there, come on, Jennifer, come on, sweetheart. I don't think that was going to happen for you. You're so. playing a stripper, come on. So that's Let's why your get... wife was getting you a movie with a stripper, huh? Let's see those pink-nosed puppies there, Jenny baby. Easy, Sparky. Yeah, I never did. But what you going to do? So what's the Supreme Court stuff? Yeah, this is really interesting. This has uh, come out in just the last few minutes. The U.S. Supreme Court, in a sense, Neil, is playing deal-maker on the Obama health law. The court has decided not to, for now, issue a big ruling on the case of whether, remember we had all the, uh, the religious groups, the Little Sisters of the Poor and more, who objected to the mandate for birth control coverage under the Obama health law. They said, look, we're religious groups. We should not be forced to pay for health insurance coverage that provides uh, contraceptives to our employees. It runs against what we believe. Yeah. The court... I think in part, Neil, because Justice Scalia is no longer there. It's 4-4. They're probably deadlocked. I'll say that. I don't know that for sure, but I would just posit that. They, in a sense, decided to play dealmaker. They asked for more briefs after the arguments, and they came up with an idea in which the, the religious groups would not have to pay for any coverage or anything like that. But if their employees still wanted coverage for birth control, they could directly notify the health insurance company who would then provide that coverage for free. And then the religious groups would never be involved. Both uh, the groups and the lawsuit and the government, the Obama administration, have signaled they like that idea. So all this now is being sent back to lower courts to then see if they can work that out and basically come to, it sounds like, you know, a settlement in a sense, like a judge might do in, in just sort of a run-of-the-mill kind of lawsuit. But this is a rare type of thing for the U.S. Supreme Court to get involved in. Uh, but I do believe, Neil, it has to do with that there's only eight justices right now on the high court. Yeah, this, this is an odd outcome of this 4-4 split. Yeah, I, I mean, how, I how crazy is that? That in a sense, yeah. it forces them to work together to find some way to deal with these matters, since they're not able to either affirm, you know, to to rule one way or the other. And I, I don't know if this will work overall, but I'm sure it's going to aggravate some Republicans who, again, will look at the Chief Justice and say, "Why are you helping to uh, to implement this law? You should be finding ways not to do that." But it seems like the court wants to find a way to make this work on the birth control mandate. Uh, even with the objections of these religious groups. Uh, you know what I've been very amused by the last couple of days is, what's his name, John Miller? Yes. 
John Miller. Yeah, what a funny deal that is. Uh, Now, have you ever called up people acting like your spokesman? No. Yes. No. And I've listened to those tapes. And it's him. And and essentially, what we have is Donald Trump calling media outlets. I don't know who specifically he called. Who was it? Like, I think the New York tabloids and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Okay, he called them, pretending to be somebody else, pretending to be a spokesman, to tell them that you can't believe all the Hollywood starlets and models that want to come to New York and get in bed with Donald Trump. Um, you know, the, the, the amazing thing about Trump is that none of this seems to hurt him. Uh, as my father says, he's batting 1,000 right now on all this stuff. And, uh, you know, he's, he's gone back and forth on his tax returns and more, uh, all these other things that he now says, well, I didn't really mean that. It was a suggestion more than anything else. Uh, I, I'm just, after interviewing GOP members last week, I think a lot of people here in D.C. are still just shaking their heads and watching this every day and just thinking what else is going to come out, and yet it doesn't seem to hurt him at all. That, to me, is a measure of how outraged and angry much of America is at what Washington has become. Well, they don't except, care how bad he is. Yeah. They may be outraged and angry, but they haven't defeated any Republicans yet running for the Congress. They haven't even come close. That's always been a problem. Yeah, but if you're angry, you should be angry against everyone. Not just the guy you like. And and again, I'm... I'm not so sure that we are going to have a big turnover this year. I mean, actually, the the members of Congress are leaving on their own. They're the ones doing the work to leave the Congress. How many people right now do you think will not be here uh, already for the next Congress? What percent of the House do you think has already decided to leave? in the final analysis, it'll be less than 5%. No, no, no. We're already at 10%. Oh, really? Are we? We've been in double digits every single election uh, since 2004. And we're already at 10% of the House will be gone. And only one of them was removed by the voters. And that was Democrat in Philly. You know, Uh, Jamie, Jamie, it's, it's like government schools. I mean, people understand, they recognize, they admit, they know, they're aware that government schools suck. Oh, wait a minute. It's all of the other government schools suck except the one I'm sending my kid to. That is a great school. We'll have a number of uh, we'll have a number of lawmakers tomorrow in three states, a few of them who will get reelected tomorrow. They don't even have any opposition at all. And in Oregon, in Idaho, and Kentucky, most of the incumbents do not even have an opponent in the primary. So, again, I see the anger. I was there uh, for many months interviewing those voters. But to me, they don't seem concerned about it at other levels, which to me raises a big red flag. Well, this would have been a great year for me to run for president because all of these bones I have in my closet, <laughs> all of these horrible things in my past, none of them would have made any See, difference. See, I have always believed, Neil, that there was an opening for a person like Trump to come out. And when you know people would say, well, Mr. Trump, you need to release your tax return. No, I don't. Yeah, but everybody <laughs> else has. So, yeah, but you're, we're supposed to get out of here. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I've always thought that there, it takes a certain person to do that kind of thing. And he may be the one that is best able to carry it off. 
to just sort of look at the reporters, look at the, and, and just say, no, I'm not doing that. And, and not suffer uh, uh, one bit because of it. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's, <laughs> this is the most, it's tragic, but it is just about the most fun I've had in an election. Well, last week, interviewing Republicans in Congress, it was as if a number of them are still unable to bring themselves to really admit what has gone on in their party. Uh, a number of them, Neil, won't even say Trump's name. They will just say, yeah, I'm going to vote for the nominee, or I'll vote for the ticket, the Republican ticket. And when you probe in and ask more, the main way that they get there to vote for Trump is not anything that Trump is. It's who he is not. And that is six words. Donald Trump is not Hillary Clinton. And that is basically how a lot of Republicans that I spoke with last week, that they backed their way into supporting Trump. Uh, there's a number of them who say, well, I'll vote for him, but I will not work for him in any way because I don't like what he believes in. And so there is an interesting disconnect that's going on. Uh, I still do believe that Trump has a chance, yes, to win in November. I think anybody who says uh, that rules it out is wrong. On the other hand, uh, I can also see the opposite occurring where it might not be a good night for him in November. Well, these these Republicans that are now coming around to Trump, they're not doing that. They're not doing that as any sign of acceptance no. of his philosophy or they candidate. just know th there's no chance to beat him anymore. Yeah, he's, they're they're doing won. that to preserve their, their own hides. political power. Sure. That's it. Sure. And for a few it's easier, you know, in your you're in a district say where Trump won big. Well what are you gonna do? You're gonna come out and oppose him? For the most part, no, you're not going to. Now we still I think are gonna have a battle inside the party um, you know, I think, the, uh, for example, there are some Republicans who still are very mad at Trump about the way he treated Ted Cruz. And that may take a I little while to resolve. I didn't think they liked Ted resolve. Cruz. Well, there are some who like Ted Cruz. Oh, okay. And, and so, uh, you know, uh, every, every race has its bruised egos, and it takes a while. Uh, but I do believe in the end that a large number of Republicans will still come back and vote for Trump simply because he is not Hillary Clinton. Well, right now, as it stands, it's libertarian for me. Yeah, well, and I think there are a lot of people like you, though. What happens if it comes down in, say, November the 5th, and the polls are all tied everywhere? Li libertarian. And in your home state of Florida. Hamilton's rule. I mean, you know, will it be, will we look back and say, you know, in the state of Florida, if all those Nader people had voted for Gore, he would have won. Will we look back and say, all those libertarians, if they'd voted for Trump, then Trump would have won? Uh, sorry. <laughs> yes, libertarian. exactly. I think there'll be a, a number of people now, I really do believe this, who say they won't vote for Trump, will find their way there simply because of Hillary Clinton. Now, well, will it matter? Um, you know, she, some of those swing states are states that I think are very well built for her. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. Jamie, the what polls. the hell is happening in this country, this great country, where we come down to an election to choose a leader of the free world? We come down to an election to choose somebody to try to restore some individual responsibility, some economic liberty to bring our economy back from eight years of pathetic growth. We, we, a crucial election, and the best we can come up with in this country is Donald Trump and this 
crooked, lying, conniving, vicious Hillary Clinton. Well, Donald Trump had uh, had the advantage over the other Republicans for a number of months early, and I just think that... Yeah, thanks to Fox and Friends. Well, but I think also... He is their creation. Well, it's possible, but a number of the others who are running did not lay a glove on Trump when they had plenty of opportunities to. And I think they have to look at themselves as well. Media is going to do that for them now. I mean, Jamie, I used to watch Fox and Friends every morning. Brian Kilmeade... Uh, Peter, I mean Steve Ducey, they're 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 all acquaintances, not friends. But so this morning, you know, I tune in. What do I see? They've got circus performers standing outside, uh, outside the studio with hula hoops. Well, and so what do I do? I go straight over to CNN. I'm so tired of this. No, never mind. Well, last thing. Say hi to Belinda. Say hi to your wife. And I will say this about the, the media. Uh, I am uh, disappointed beyond belief still that there are TV networks who are allowing Donald Trump to go on on the telephone with them. I just think that is just ridiculous and outrageous. Isn't it? I mean, he lives two blocks away yep. from Fox and Friends. They should put a camera in yeah. his place that he walks down to. I mean, uh, two two blocks away. And for years, they allowed him to phone in yep. every Monday morning Why? to build his it brand. it was popular. Hmm? It was popular, and it still is. Okay. Good. Love you, Jamie. See you, B. Okay, Bye. Jamie Dupree, smartest man in Washington, D.C. I'm Neil Bort, substituting for Herman Cain back in a moment.